Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, guys? My name is Jake Azuski. You can call me Jake Iggy or Iggy for short. And this is Iggy's Sports Talk. So, I hope you guys have been really enjoying the previews that Robbie and I have been giving you guys for the Eastern region of the MLB divisions. And it was a lot of fun to make, and I hope you guys, like I said, really did enjoy it. So, now it's on to the Central region. And don't forget, go over and subscribe to Robbie Hyde because he has some incredible analytical videos. And also, don't forget, go down and subscribe to Iggy's Sports Talk because I'm going to be coming out with so much content to get you ready for the MLB 2020 season. And also, don't forget to give me a big thumbs up. I would really appreciate it. So, let's kick it off and listen to the preview for the AL Central. Now, guys, we are going to be talking about the AL Central. And wow, this division is actually very competitive, and there's some really young, exciting teams. So we're going to start off with a team like the Minnesota Twins that had a record in 2019 of 101 and 61. And it was kind of funny because when you looked at the predictions that the MLB actually gave the Twins at the start of the 2019 season, they said that they were going to be 81 and 81. And boy, were they wrong. That offense was insane. And I'm joined here with Robbie Hyde. And so how do you feel about the Twins, Robbie? I really love the Twins this year. Um, I think if there's any team, well, there are a couple teams, but I feel like the Twins can really give the Yankees a run for their money. Um, I like their offseason. I I mean, they're already coming off of a season when they had a ridiculous offense. Um, They added some good pieces this offseason, a major good piece. And Josh Donaldson, one of the more premier bats in the league, you're going to stick that into an already good offense. Um, I like their pitching. They're, they added some, some depth guys that I feel like can really um, just give them innings and just give them just some solid starts. Uh, Jose Barrios, he's the ace. He still is – he's only 26. He's still trying to take some steps forward. Uh, he's got some pretty nasty stuff. Um but he definitely needs some help in that rotation. Odorizzi, uh, he's pretty, he's very solid behind him. I would like him to reduce the walks a little bit, try and get some more innings. Um, but then, you know, they added some guys like a Kenta Maeda in a trade. I hated that they traded Bruiser Gratterall because that guy is just filthy. Um, they brought in a guy like Rich Hill. They brought in a, a guy like Homer Bailey. Uh, just some interesting pieces. It's depth especially in this season when you don't know who's going to go down with the coronavirus, that is going to be very valuable in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you, when you have just all these different kind of guys that can just contribute, it's, I mean, I, I like the twins a lot. Yeah. And you brought up a guy like Homer Bailey. And when I was doing my notes and research before this video, you know, when you look at a guy like Homer Bailey, you think of what he did with the Royals and what he did with the Athletics last year. And when you really look at it, at the start of the season, he had an ERA of over five. And then in, in uh, excuse me, September, he had four starts with a 228 ERA. And you can't beat that when, when you finish the season 
like that's strong. And so I think, like you said, they made some really good underrated pickups. A guy like Rich Hill, you brought up as well, a 245 ERA in 13 games. And then when you look at that bullpen, Trevor May, Taylor Rogers, Sergio Romo, there's a lot to like with that pitching. And then when you get to the offense, which was the best in the MLB in 2019, they were first in homers, first in RBIs. And especially when you get a guy like Josh Donaldson, just to add to that lineup, I mean, he had a breakout season in 2019. How can this team not get any better? Yeah, I I really like the offense. I think Max Kepler is very underrated, um, already very good out in the field, one of the better defensive outfielders out there. Uh, but this is a guy that hit 36 home runs last year. Um, I think he's a dark horse candidate to maybe make a run at MVP. I really like Max Kepler a lot. Um, just a great all-around player. Um, and then, you know, you forget, you know, there's a guy like Nelson Cruz as well, who he's just going to hit tater tots all over the place. Uh, Jorge Polanco is a guy, had, an, had over an 800 OPS. Um, you know, Eddie Rosario, he won't get on base as much, but he'll give you some home runs. He'll give you some production. Um, and, and like you said, the bullpen, it's very good. Taylor Rogers, one of the better relievers last year. Um, one thing with the twins though, is the defense a little bit. The defense kind of lagged a little last year. Um, they were towards the bottom last year, not completely all the way at the bottom, but they were ranked uh, around like 22nd or 23rd in defense. Um, so they definitely need to shore that up a little bit, I believe. Um, but if they can kind of just get that stuff tightened up a little bit, um, I think this is a team that, honestly, I, I think they have a, a shot at the World Series this year, I think. I completely agree with you. They, they were a team then that, that isolated as going deep in the playoffs, and especially like we've been talking about, like the improvement on the rotation. And one guy that is very underrated that you brought up as well, Jorge Polanco. It's so funny. I actually did uh, one to try and trade him in fantasy for some some of someone who I'm, I'm guessing was much better than him and my friend was like who the heck is this guy I'm like do you realize this guy hit 280 with 22 home runs last year and he's only 26 years old and this, this team has so many young guys that are really good at hitting for average and power like a guy like Max Kepler that you talked about and they're just going to be getting better and better and one guy who is looking to have sort of like a bounce back season in the average column, but he was able to hit 37 home runs. Miguel Sano. And he's a guy that I think is really going to break out. But, you know, it'll be really interesting to see what happens without Byron Buxton. He's not a guy who really, like, sets the world on fire with his power. But, you know, with his speed and him being able to get on base, I think it might hurt the Twins at some point. But, you know, they got a really stacked offense that you really got to look at. Absolutely. And one more, one more if I can add um... – Pretty underrated signing to me was Alex Avila uh, for, to play a uh, backup catcher. Very good defensively. Very good with pitching staffs. I think he'll be very valuable um, just on that team. Really like Alex Avila a lot. He saved about 10 runs last year, uh, both defensively and with his framing. Uh, yeah, I just – I really like this Twins team. Out of any team, I mean, I love I love the A's. We'll talk about them eventually, uh, you know, but – Goodness gracious. I love the twins. I really do. I think that pitching, I think Jose Barrios, I think he is a kind of a guy that, especially in this kind of a year, he had a good first half last year. I think he's a guy that maybe can make a run of the Cy Young. Um, 
He's only 26. If he can take a step forward this year, I think that's really what the Twins need. When it comes to the postseason, they're always getting knocked out by the Yankees. And it just seems that they just never have that guy that can just kind of lead the way. Like they had Johan Santana a while ago, but by the time that guy would get to the postseason, he was just so run down. And because he never just had any help behind him. So I think they have some guys here that can really, you know, bring a lot of stuff to the table. And if, and if a guy like Jose Barrios can take a step forward and then he has all these guys behind him that can contribute, I, I really think the Twins should not be overlooked. I agree with you. And, and Pakoda agrees with you as well. They actually slate them as having a 35 and 25 record and a 77.8% chance of making the playoffs. And another team that a lot of people are surprisingly overlooking, but should really come to focus on is the Cleveland Indians and their team in 2019 who had a record of 93 and 69. And everybody's sort of forgetting about the Indians because they lost Corey Kluber and everybody forgets about the guys that they have behind them in Clevenger, you know, Shane Bieber, uh, Carrasco. And then they also got Adam Pluko, who nobody really knows who he is. I, I didn't quite honestly, I haven't heard the name before doing this video, but over 21 games had a 486 ERA and he's still pretty young. And then a guy in Jeffrey Rodriguez behind all those guys who in 10 games had an ERA of 463. And he's a guy who's still 26. So I think he has a lot of room to develop, but I know that you're a big Clevenger guy. So what do you think about the pitching staff? Yeah. I mean, really big on Clevenger. He was a guy last year. um, If he had a full season, Oh, he, he was getting hurt a little bit last year, limited to around 120 innings. I think um, – well, he was on pace. If he had a full season around like 180, 200 innings, he could have been a six to seven uh, wins, above, wins above replacement kind of a guy. Uh, the guy's filthy. The guy's nasty. Uh, one of the better fastballs in the game. Tons of spin on that fastball. Um, and then, But then you got a guy like Shane Bieber uh, – Shane Bieber, sorry, uh, behind – or in front, actually, he had a breakout year last year, uh, 200 innings, uh, third in the league in strikeouts, uh, around 256 strikeouts, I believe. He was solid. Uh, those two together, healthy, full seasons, I mean, that's not bad. That's a very, I mean, if, I, if I were to go into, play, into, into the playoffs, those are two guys I would rely on. Um, offensively, they're not going to blow you away. But yeah, they got Francisco Lindor. Uh, you know, Fran Reyes, Jose Ramirez, uh, Carlos Santana. They got some good guys in that lineup. Um, it's, it's not going to be the best offense, but it's going to be good enough. And the bullpen was actually surprisingly good last year. Bullpen, I, I believe they ranked 11th last year. Uh, still got Brad Hand back there. Uh, they did lose Tyler Clippard, but I think they got enough pieces in that bullpen uh, to really – you know, make it work this year. I, I really think the Indians are a very overlooked team. They won 93 games last year. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's usually good enough to make, to make a wild card. So um, that would have been good enough in the National League for a wild card. So I really do think the Indians are a very overlooked team. Um, and, yeah, they did lose Kluber. Uh, in all honesty, though, with Kluber, he actually hurt that team last year. Funny, I was kind of looking at his first half a little bit. He was – I forget when his last start was. He didn't – he definitely didn't get to July. I think it was like early June he was done, like for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. But 
Well, for the whole year, he had a negative, I believe, 0.6 wins above replacement. So he hurt the team. Um, and in his seven starts, the, Indian lost, the Indians lost four of them. So, and after 60 games, they were 30 and 30. So those four losses out of his seven starts, if you put a guy in there that could give you a better performance than what Kluber was giving you, maybe they win three of those games instead of losing them. And instead, last year, they're 33 and 27, which I believe is what Pakoda is kind of looking at, what they're looking, uh, what they're going to look like this year after 60 games. Um, yeah, the Indians are just a very forgotten team. And I think people just think they're kind of trending down. Uh, but, you know, as a Red Sox fan, I'll always believe in Terry Francona. I love Terry Francona. I think he is one of the best managers in the game. Um, yeah. So I think there's a lot of good pieces on that team. Yeah. Trevor Bauer's not there anymore, um, but he's not going to be throwing any hissy fits. So, I mean, yeah, I like what they got. I really do. I definitely think they have an absolute chance of being a wild card team. I don't know if they're going to win. The, they're not going to win the division. I, re, I like the twins too much, um, but the Indians definitely have a chance at the wild card. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you brought up a good point about how like people are just think that they're on the decline. And that's just because, you know, we're hearing Francisco Lindor in, in trade rumors and obviously they trade Kluber last year. And, you know, we were hearing rumors about him. Seems like the entire season. But when you look at this outfield, this outfield is, is something that I think a lot of people are really underestimating. Cause when you look at the guys that they have, you know, you brought up, Frank Hill, or uh, Framel Fr- Reyes. But when you look at some of the guys like Tyler Naquin, he was injured for most of the season last year. But in 2018, he was a really good player. Then when you look at Oscar Marcada, who's still 26, he hit 263 with 14 home runs. You can't beat that. Jordan Luplo, another guy who hit like 270, 20 home runs. How can you beat that? And then Domingo Santana, who's coming off kind of a down year, but he's another guy who's 26. It has a lot of potential. And I really see all these guys have solid have a solid on base percentage, have solid power, and I really think with the depth that they have in that outfield, it could really you know spin the wheels on this offense with Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor, and then another guy as well, Cesar Hernandez, a really solid cheap pickup that they got. Another guy who hit two seventy with fourteen home runs. So you brought it up with the Bakota standings about how they're slated to win 32 games and lose 27.9. They actually have a 47% chance of making the playoffs, which I found kind of interesting. But with the amount of quality of young depth that I think this team has, like we've been talking about, I think that they're going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, and then there's two guys as well. Roberto Perez, one of the best defensive catchers in baseball last year. Um, In my opinion, he's a top five catcher. Um, And then you got Carlos Carrasco, who – uh, thank God it seems like he's doing okay with, you know, all the cancer stuff he was having. Um, but a healthy Carlos Carrasco, that's only going to be a plus. Um, I mean, when, he, when he's healthy and when he's, when he's on, that, that's a very valuable guy to have. Um, yeah, I like the Indians a lot. It's too bad that they're in the same division as the Twins. Um, but, yeah, I mean, who knows how much longer Lindor has there. Um, I'm thinking he's gonna want to he's gonna want to play his butt off this year. I think he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder. Um, yeah, I mean he was it seemed like he was close to being traded at some point uh, this past off season. I think he yeah he was still a four win player last year. 
I definitely see a good season out of him. Um, I think just the Indians in general, they're being very overlooked. And I think they know that. And, you know, because they, they got, you know, there's all these other things happening in the league and within their own division too. I think they're just being forgotten, uh, but they're not going away. I agree with you. And even if Lindor does get traded, I still see with the pieces that the Indians are able to get back, I can still see this team being competitive for the next four to five years. And it, I think it's just so funny that people, once they hear trade rumors, they, they, the first thing that comes to their mind is rebuild mode. So another team who, who has actually been in rebuild mode for the last three to four years and are finally getting so close to contention is the Chicago White Sox. And when you hear this record that they had last season, it's going to surprise you because you're going to see a lot better team this next season. So they were 72-89. and 89. When you look at this pitching, they have a lot of young guys, and they have a lot of guys that really need to step up, like Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, and then Renato Lopez. And Lopez is a guy who's had a above four to five ERA over the last two seasons. He's somebody that really needs to develop. But they picked up a guy like Dallas Keuchel, who is going to give you a pretty normal, mediocre, quality year, especially for the money that they gave him. And then also they picked up a veteran in Gio Gonzalez, who, in my opinion, he's going to give you around a 4.00 ERA, but he's still going to be a good mentor for the young guys. And then when you look at this bullpen, we got uh, Alex Coloma, or uh, Alex Colomone, Calvin Herrera, and then Steve Ciszak. And then they got a few other guys down the line, but this is some good pitching and a good team. Yeah, uh, heck of an offseason for the White Sox. Uh, Ismani Grandal, Edwin Encarnacion, Dallas Keuchel, like you mentioned, uh, Gio Gonzalez, uh, Steve Ciszak, like you mentioned. Uh, heck of an offseason for them. Uh, definitely one that will put them in the right direction. The offense right off the bat should be electric. You already got Yohan Makata. Uh, he's, he's, he's back at camp now, so he seems ready to go. Uh, he, had an, he had a wins above replacement close to six last year. Still struck out a little bit, but um, he definitely took a step forward. 25 homers last year uh, over a, a 900 OPS. Uh, you still got Jose Abreu. He's, he, uh, I think, out of, out of his seven years played, six out of seven years where he has 30 homers, or at least 25 homers and 100 RBIs. Um, Tim Anderson hit 335 last year. Yasmani uh, Grandal, like I mentioned, he is one of the more complete catchers in the game. He's going to help out defensively. Um, and Canarcion, when he's healthy, he's going to hit some home runs. That offense is looking very good. Um, starting pitching, I think it starts to get a little more cloudy in that department. Giolito, he had a great year last year. Um, Keuchel, he's going to be a solid two. Uh, Gio Gonzalez, if he's healthy, he's going to give you something. But then, like you mentioned, Renato Lopez, Dylan Cease, they had very high ERAs last year. Uh, so I definitely question the back of that rotation. Um, the bullpen, uh, there's some good pieces in there. Uh, I mean, you did get Syshek. But the one thing I want people to kind of keep an eye on was Syshek a little bit. He had a 2.95 ERA, but he had a FIP in the fours, uh, fielding independent pitching. And the Cubs, they ranked 10th on defense last year. So the Cubs had a good defense. So Syshek looked a little better than what he may have actually been. And when you're looking at the White Sox, they were absolutely garbage defensively last year. And that was a big reason why 
they didn't win as many games. They gave up a ton of runs. They weren't good at all offensive or defensively. I believe they ranked 25th overall in defense and they ranked 26th in defensive runs saved. Um, not a good defense at all. Uh, it's those little things that really count. Sure. You can look, you can have a good lineup on paper, but when you're looking at what these guys are doing on the other side of the field, uh, I mean, yeah. So that was definitely the, the White Sox's biggest Achilles heel last year, along with some questionable pitching in the back end of the rotation. The bullpen overall wasn't great. Um, that's Those are the same things that still worry me a little bit. Um, Grandal is definitely going to help defensively. Um, you know, but Tim Anderson was not good. Uh, not a good shortstop last year. Mancata was terrible defensively. Uh, Jose Abreu is not good defensively. Um, those are things they're really going to have to tighten up this year. Uh, and I feel like it, that could, that could again this year be something that holds them back. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's something where like, hopefully the offense in the bats can really propel them over, you know, you know, overcompensating for that lack of defense. And as you talked about with all these guys, like I put, I put it down, like, like there's just a list of like, Guys that have tons of power, Aloy Jimenez, Encarnacion, Grindal, Abreu, like you talked about. And then not a lot of teams have these kind of five-tool players. And Luis Robert, who could, in a 162-game season, we could have seen this kid be a 20-20 or 30-30 player. And then another guy like Tim Anderson, Yoan Mancada, you know, Nomar Mazzara. But Yoan Mancada, as we talked about a little bit, is sort of in a weird situation where – He's on the DL, but they don't really want to disclose what's going on. I don't know if he has coronavirus or not. I don't know if there's something going on that they don't want to disclose. It'll be interesting to see what happens and if he does start the season with Chicago. But one guy I did want to focus on is the rookie, Nick Matrigal, who in 2019 went from single A, double A to triple A, all in one season and hit over 300 on all levels. And he's somebody that can hit for a really good on-base percentage. He doesn't have a ton of power, but I could really see him helping this defense and really be able to help, you know, spark something in this offense. Yeah, absolutely. Madrigal is a hitting machine. Um, that guy just gets on plays or gets on base. He plays in the field very well. And like you mentioned, Luis Robert, this is a guy – you know, people were thinking, oh, maybe Yohan Mankata is going to be the face of this team for a while. Uh, I don't know about that. Luis Robert, the, that guy, in my opinion, absolute superstar in the making right there. He can do it all. He's a player that hits for average, hits for power, steals bases, gets on base, plays disgusting in the outfield. Um, he is going to improve that team. Um, I'm wondering in a 60-game season what kind of a start he's going to get off to uh, facing Major League Pitching. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, this guy, it's, it's incredible the numbers he was putting up in the minors. He moved through the minors very quick. Um, yeah, that's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, definitely Madrigal, Robert, those guys should definitely help this team. Right, and I, I, I see this team as being one of the most improved teams in 2020. But with the young players needing to develop in the pitching, in my opinion, is kind of going to be the Achilles. 
Achilles heel for this team. But Bakota has them winning 31 games, losing 28.8 with a 33% chance of making the playoffs. So, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how they do stack up uh, with, with the Indians and the Twins. But let's go on to a team who is now in rebuild mode currently in the Kansas City Royals, who were 59 and 103 last season. And they're a team that actually has some pretty good players on their team. And in my opinion, could improve. But when you look at this pitching, I think that this pitching really needs to improve, especially when they have some of the young guys like Brad Keller. He's still only 20. 20- 24. I could see him really improving this next season, but Danny Duffy is going to be somebody that is going to carry this rotation. He's not somebody that's going to light the world on fire either. He had a around a four ERA last year, and who knows what's going to happen with the trade rumors seem to be swirling around his name. It seems like every single July. And the rest of the rotation is really up into question uh, with uh, Montgomery. And then when you got Junis as well, they're both looking for bounce back seasons after really bad seasons. But then the bullpen is another is another place that's kind of iffy for me. You know, you got Ian Kennedy in the closer role. You don't really know how Greg Holland is really going to bounce back and how he's going to do. Yes, he's back in Kansas City. That doesn't mean that he's the old Royals closer that we saw before. But another guy to really keep your eye on who's looking for a bounce back season is Trevor Rosenthal. He's a guy who all the way back in 2013 with the Cardinals and a few years after that was so dominant. So we could see him and Holland have really good bounce back seasons potentially to maybe dust off some of their old selves. But how are you feeling about the Royals, Robbie? Yeah, I mean, you know, Royals, they got some good guys. Whit Merrifield, he'll be out in center field this year. Um, Jorge Soler, he had 48 home runs last year. Um, I mean, Salvador Perez should be back. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. you got Ian Kennedy out there. I see a team that could possibly – is in a mode where they could be in a position to ship out some of these guys, like like you know, some deadline deals. Uh, I could see Soler – I mean, especially now with the National League, um, you know, uh, with, with the DH now, that's the kind of guy – he's poor in the field, but he can hit. That's the kind of guy that it really opens up some trade possibilities for some guys trying to make a playoff push um, where they need another – uh, may need another bat. Uh, I could absolutely see – I mean, the Royals, I mean, in my opinion, they got some, they got some good prospects down there. I mean – I mean, I, I'm not sure if they would want to trade a guy like Jorge Soler, um, but, you know, they have some some trade candidates there. I mean, even Ian Kennedy. I mean, that's a guy, you know, a team looking to make a, uh, a playoff push, need an extra arm for the bullpen. That's a kind of guy that you can go get. Um, but, yeah, I mean, really what really what the Royals need to really focus on is the future. Uh, they got a guy like Bobby Witt Jr. down in the minors. Um, they just drafted Nick Gonzalez. Uh or no, sorry, not Nick Gonzalez, Asa Lacey. Um, so there's definitely – there's a future there. And, I mean, in all honesty, they got some guys that they can ship out. And, hey, why not try and get – you know, why not try and get some prospects? So that's what I see the Royals right. as but like, Right. But at the same time, when I looked at this offense, I looked at it as, as something that could have a lot of potential. I, I was really kind of surprised – from like, I completely forgot that Hunter Dozier was on the team. You know, when you look at his stats, he, he had a 272 average with 22 home runs. And then some guys 
who, you know, had really high potentials like Brett Phillips. He was supposed to be an all-star prospect. Never really got to where he was supposed to be. Mondesi, I could see Mondesi having a, having a pretty good breakout season and really starting to show his full potential. But one guy to really keep an eye on who – We've been waiting for him to break out. We've been waiting for make to make Al Franco to be this insane power hitter, and we just have not seen it. And I could actually see make Al Franco having a pretty good season uh, d- during this next season, especially with the chip on his shoulder that he had from going from a team from the Phillies where they were so high on him and then going out to free agency and only getting a $3 million contract. It's something where on, on this one-year deal, I really see it as – as a prove it year for Miguel Franco, especially a guy who's 26, 27, you know, he's still pretty young, but as you said, you know, the Royals are in a place where they're waiting for the future. Bakota sees them as that as well. And they have them slated to win 25.3 games and lose 34.7 and have a 2.5 chance of making the playoffs, but they're still in rebuild mode, but you never know. We could see them being kind of competitive with some of these young guys. Yeah, there's a chance. There's a chance. Um, I mean, they like I said, they got some good guys in that offense. I just worry about the pitching. Um, really, Kennedy is all they have out there in that bullpen. Uh, just have to wait and see. Maybe they put something together. Yeah, that, that's one of the biggest things with the 60-game season. You never really know with some of these guys how they're going to perform. You know, as we talked about it in the AL East, or it was, it was in one of the Eastern – in uh, region uh, videos, we talked about, you know, the Seattle Mariners. They were a team that just, like, broke out out of nowhere, and you were like, who are some of these guys? So you never know if th- if that could happen with a team potentially at the Royals or some of the other teams that we're going to be talking about. But let's go on to another team who, boy, if you could have had a worse season like the Detroit Tigers had last year, well, you saw it in 2019. They were 47-114. and 114. Even the Astros, when they were at their worst, weren't that bad. And when you saw some of these guys in this pitching staff, I was very surprised to see how bad a guy like Michael Fulmer performed last year. He had a, he had a record of 3-12. and 12. That makes sense of how bad the Tigers team was. But with a 469 ERA, I was very surprised. And then a guy like Matthew Boyd, you would have thought that he would have been shipped off by now when, when you heard all these trade rumors swirling around last season. But he's in the same boat. I could really see him having a breakout season because he's got the chip on his shoulder because nobody has really any confidence in him, in my opinion. And when you look at a guy like Jordan Zimmerman, ever since he stepped foot in Detroit, he hasn't been the same guy. But one guy to really keep your eye on, in my opinion, on that pitching staff is Daniel Norris. He had a lot of potential going into the major leagues – but in the last two or three seasons, he's had above four ERAs. We could really potentially see Daniel Norris being a big factor. But if, if, if it doesn't happen by now for Daniel Norris, you're going to be looking at that David Price trade as a complete bust. And it's, it's just something that is unfortunate for the Detroit Tigers. But they got a lot of guys waiting for them in the farm system. They got a few of the best top uh, pitching prospects in that farm system. So how do you feel about the Tigers, Robbie? Yeah, I'm really just looking at the farm. Honestly, they got some really good pitching prospects that could maybe make some starts this year. Casey Mize, uh, Matt Manning. Uh, those are two guys to definitely keep an eye on, uh, especially Casey Mize. Uh, that guy's filthy. He's, to me, one of the better pitching prospects, definitely top five to me. Um, I mean, you know, I- I'd like to see what Miguel Cabrera is going to do. Uh, he's looking like he's in some better shape coming into this year. Uh, 
you got someone like Cameron Mabin on that team where he wasn't, he wasn't bad last year uh, in the short amount of time he played. Um, got like Yvonne Nova. I mean, maybe he can reestablish himself a little bit. Maybe, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe a team would like to trade for him or something. Um, but yeah, all eyes on the future with the Tigers. And who knows? Maybe Spencer Torkelson makes an appearance at some point. Maybe they give him some at-bats. I think unlikely, but I mean, number one pick overall, who knows if, it, if the season is completely lost and, you know, they got 10 games left. Hey, get out there, Spencer. See what you can do. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you were to see that guy's first uh, batting practice, holy crap. That, yeah. That was insane. But it's funny that you brought up Maven because he's a guy that j- it just came up in my head. Who, who would have thought, like, 17, 16 years later, Cameron Maven and Miguel Cabrera are playing on the same exact team? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. I, I am interested in Cabrera. Uh, he definitely he just lo- he didn't look good last year. He just he just looked slow. Um, he looked like he wasn't moving well, but he got in better shape. Um, yeah, that I don't think that. I mean, if he ends up having a pretty good start, you know, through up until the deadline, I don't think they'll trade him because um, he just has such a big contract. I don't I don't think so. Right. But hey, you know. I mean, he's looking good. I'd like to see a little something out of him towards the, the latter half of his career for sure. I agree with you. And it's something where when I looked at this lineup, there's not a lot to get excited for the MLB's 2019 worst offense in baseball. But they added, you know, C.J. Crone. They added Jonathan Scope. They're two guys that, in my opinion, are going to boost that offensive a little bit, you know, Scope is going to be able to give you that firepower on the bases. He's going to be able to get some hits here and there. You know, Kron is going to be able to give you that power. But one guy that I looked at that I thought was kind of interesting is Victor Reyes. When you look at him in AAA, he had a 304 average with 10 home runs over 139 games. I know that isn't, wow, eye-popping. But at the same time, kid's still 25 years old. We don't know what he's really going to do. But like we've been talking about with this Tigers team, they're still in rebuild mode. They're just waiting for the farm system. But Lakota has them winning 25.7 games and losing 34.3 with a 2.7% chance of making the playoffs. And what's really interesting is how closely the Royals and the Tigers sort of evaluation by Lakota is because the, the Tigers have a 2.7% chance of making the playoffs and the Royals have a 2.5% making percent chance uh excuse me chance of making the playoffs and it's just so funny how close or mirroring i guess they're putting both of these teams as i don't agree with that in my opinion but it'll be really interesting to see how both teams are able to perform especially since they are in rebuild mode all right so one thing i wanted to bring up that i've tried to bring up in every single division preview to really give you guys some really interesting thought things to think about before the season is who's going to be the most surprising team in the AL Central and the most disappointing. So for me, Robbie, mine is the most surprising is going to be the Cleveland Indians, just because nobody is putting any sort of confidence into this team. And I can really see them kind of breaking out. And then the most disappointing, which Interestingly enough, we had a lot of praise for this team during this preview is the Chicago White Sox. I just really see that pitching not really living up to the expectations. And for how much they did during this offseason, I don't really think that they're really going to be able to live up to the potential that everybody is thinking about them. How about you? Yeah, I agree with both. I think the Indians, again, they're just overlooked. 
I think they're, they could just be surprising in that aspect because uh, no one's really thinking about them. Everyone's so hot in the Yankees, the Rays, uh, the Athletics, the Twins, um, you know, Astros. So they're just not even being thought about. I think just – I think, honestly, people just think they're kind of boring. Um, but sometimes boring isn't exactly bad. So uh, definitely disappointing is the White Sox. Maybe they're just, they're just getting so much hype. Um, I mean – but when you really look deeper into that team, the pitching's not deep. The bullpen's not great. The defense is terrible. Um, they, 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 did, they did make some moves to kind of, you know, make it a little better. Um, but, yeah, on paper, sure, that team is electric. Uh, you know, guy like Luis Robert, Yoan Mankata, Jose Abreu right there. I mean, of course, yeah, that's exciting. That's fun. Um, but when you want a winning baseball team, you need to be, you know – pretty good all the way around and the White Sox just aren't that um so to be honest if, if they finish third I'm I wouldn't be surprised about that that's where I have them finishing so to me they're not going to be disappointing because I think they're to me at least I'm rating them you know based off what what I see so yeah I won't be disappointed if they finish third but I think to a lot of people they that will you know they'll be like what what happened to the White Sox you know so but yeah I agree with you. I think this division is going to be really competitive. So that right there is the AL Central preview for you guys. The next one that Robbie and I are going to be doing is the NL Central. So I hope you guys enjoyed. So that's a wrap for this division preview. I hope you guys really did enjoy this video and were able to learn a lot from all the analytical and informative information that Robbie and I gave you to get you ready for the MLB 2020 season. I hope you're getting as excited as I am for this season to start. Please don't forget, go over and subscribe to Robbie Hyde. He posts some great MLB content and he's going to be helping you get ready for the MLB season as well and going to be posting a lot of videos throughout the 2020 season. Also, please go down and subscribe to Iggy's Sports Talk. I've been putting a lot of effort so I can get you guys as ready for the MLB season as possible. Also, give this video a big thumbs up. I would really appreciate it. So, that is it, like I said, for this division preview. Look for the next preview so you can get ready for this next MLB season. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.